Welcome back to the Modern Day Overthinker podcast. My name is Colin and I am your host. Thank you for tuning back in or if you're a first time listener, welcome. This episode is with a good friend of mine, Corey Jacobson. He is the president of Cedar Rapids Pride in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Also a co-worker and friend of mine and we had a great conversation about the LGBTQ community and his experience coming out and just overall just what's going on in that community and how other people can help and support that community. And we got right into it. There was really not even much time for introductions. We just started talking because we had already been talking for a couple hours before we had dinner and got a chance to catch up on things we hadn't seen each other in a while and yeah Corey Jacobson is an awesome person and I love him and I am so glad I got to have him on so enjoy this episode I wish I didn't have to have Facebook, but now I'm at the point where it's like I need it to promote stuff. And because I had had almost broken the habit too, and then pride came into my life. And yep, you would be surprised how many people rely on our Facebook for our information. So, Facebook, Instagram, and now they're like, "Well, why don't you have TikTok?" No, I'm drawing the line. (laughs) Yeah, you, you can't. You know, like, obviously, you could benefit from being on there, but at the same time, it's just a lot more work, a lot of content. Yeah, and it's, you you know, you always got to think about, you know, how do you, when, you, when, when you're putting things out there, what, well, one, what's your message that you're trying to get to everyone? And two, how are you making it, you know, readily available, the same content through all platforms? And us being such a small organization, we don't have the right capability or that person who who's able to do those things. You don't have a you don't have just one person that's dedicated to social media. No. I'm I I wear many hats. Yeah. Um, and I mean it's it's great because I've I've self taught myself. I didn't knew nothing about website design before I got involved with Pride and now I've learned the basics on what how do you, to uh, what do you use? For the website? Uh, GoDaddy. Nice. So you do their little, uh, they have a little, uh, like a block thing? Yep. They have the templates that we can use. And um, so it's very nice that, you know, I know how to do that now. Yeah. Or I I didn't know how to do it before. And um, I've come, you know, become very good at, you know, I don't have a marketing background. I have a human resources and benefits background. Mm -hmm. And... I've learned a lot about marketing and, and how to word things through social media to have the greatest impact and how you can go back to that data you get off, off your hits and your likes and see who's liking it and finding trends and those types of things to help yeah. us, you know, 
message better. So like, you know, in Cedar Rapids this year, we earlier this year, um, our only LGBT bar closed in, in uh, for a short time before a new owner took over it. Before we get too far, let's start. What, what specifically are we talking about for the listeners? Because we kind of went right into it, which is fine. Oh, sorry. I'm yeah, just no, chit-chatting with no, you. No, no, we're good. We're good. We can talk about whatever you want. So. No, we can start there, like in how you're involved in Pride in Cedar Rapids, correct? Yes. So uh, board president of Cedar Pride. Um, we are a nonprofit who main responsibility uh, this is actually our 30th uh, year of existence, but my uh, vice president always likes to say we've been here since the beginning of time, since Cedar Rapids was founded. Yeah. Um, but w- this is our 30th anniversary, and awesome. um, we we started out as an organization that wanted, uh, you know, I always say a courageous group of people because it's 1995. Things have, or 1992. Yeah, Things thanks. have definitely, yeah. you know, changed over the years, um, came together to make sure that there was a place available for people in the community to gather in a safe space and have access to material that, you know, is meaningful and impactful to, to them in their community. So like if there are, you know, magazines that had LGBT content or, you know, a movie or a TV show or something like that, they had those available for basically people to check out so that they could, um, do those things. And then three years later was the first like gay pride day that was recognized in Cedar Rapids. And it quickly became, that became the focus uh, of the organization was to have a festival every year. And Mm -hmm. so it's really grown over the years. And I became involved when I moved back to Cedar Rapids in 2018, right when I started working with you Yep, yep. and, um, just got involved because I was like, you know, I want to get back to my community, but I don't know how. Mm-hmm. And this is just something you could show. Like, like, come to this meeting. And I showed up at the meeting, and I started volunteering, and um, got more involved over the next year or two, and then really started to see the growth that we were and the impact that we were having in the community. And then when COVID hit, yeah. it just really opened my eyes to how important the programming that we provided to our community was needed. I mean, you couldn't provide it like you wanted right. to. I yeah. mean, we have ten thousand people showing up uh, at a at an event in, in July, and you couldn't do that for two years. Yeah, and you you know you would hear from the community repeatedly that they need this, and yeah, and you know for a lot of people, I mean, luckily you know the Quad Cities and Cedar Rapids and Iowa City, you know, are a very welcoming community, but there are a lot of people who live closeted lives and are living with people who don't support who they really are. So they hide that identity. Yeah. And pride is an opportunity to come and not have to worry about that and just know that you're loved and accepted for who you are Mm -hmm. and being able to, to enjoy a day with your community. And so... Yeah, it's just all walks of life. Doesn't matter. And it can be, you know, it's, you know, um, definitely have our, you know, our allies there showing their support as well, because mm-hmm. I always joke and say there's a lot more of you than there are of us. <laughs> um, so, you know, we need, you know, your allyship as well. And just throughout the entire um, pandemic, you know, 
the isolation, you know, I think at some point, I know I did, I felt isolated. Oh, yeah. In, you know, working from home, living from home, only seeing my mom and sister for dog walks six feet apart from each other. Oh, yeah. And, uh, um, and then, you know, trying to find ways to still connect with our community through, like, online trivia game nights and we did some online drag shows and things like that just to try and, you know. Yeah, you did keep the best a, you could. Keep a connection. Yeah. But, you know. It's not would, the same. We repeatedly would, would hear, you know, after we were, you know, coming out of COVID in, in early 2021 where it looked like, oh, we'll be able to have a festival this year. And then Omnicron or Delta or whatever it is yeah. decided to make his presence. And uh-huh. we had to tell people that we, you know, it's still not safe. And yeah. just, you know, the comments that you that you hear from your communities, it, it, it was very meaningful to me and very eye-opening to me about how how we're relied upon. I always just thought, oh, it's a day to get together and have fun, and then everyone goes about their, you know, their normal lives. And through, you know, getting involved and, in, you know, now leading the organization, the, you know, the importance that whether you're a 14-year-old transgender student, mm-hmm at school or a 68 year old, uh, lesbian, mm-hmm. um, what you bring to the table and get out of pride are different, but what you're bringing is community exactly. and that community is really important now more than ever. And so we agreed earlier this year to, you know, we knew we were coming back this year and we had, to we had, to, you know, had a big long discussion about what does pride look like this year, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time we were a board of five people and we had two rock star volunteers as well. So seven people came together and basically said, yep, we're going to, we're going to put in the hours, we're going to put in the the human power and we're going to put on the best event that we've ever had. And so we expanded our hours. We added an after show. We had a RuPaul drag queen come and perform. We had a drag brunch. We, you know, we really offered as many different types of activities as we could. And then also took partnerships with other organizations that were doing their own events and, and uh, promoted and collaborated, but basically promoted them for them so that our our people could get to those. And through the whole experience, like, you know, for five years, Cedar Rapids has been asking for a pride parade and we haven't done one. And they ask why, and we just haven't had, the resources or the you know the people to put to put that on yeah it takes a takes a village yeah at <laughs> it least. really does and we were lucky enough that one of our board members has parade experience so we were able to do that this year mm-hmm. and we had our first you know yeah, our first, I wouldn't know the first thing to do I didn't either but you know um, thank God for Jennifer because Jennifer took care of the whole yeah. thing all the paperwork all and all that and you know it was our first parade and we had no idea what to expect this year. But we had over th- like 36 entries and three, 400 people participate in the third parade and then 3,000 people show up at, to watch the parade. And that's, I mean, that's the only event we had that day was, was a parade. And, and w- when the parade was done, um, I was walking through the crowd and, you know, just a number of people coming up and saying how meaningful and impactful and, and you know, especially the students, I think. You know, when I think back to when I was in high school, I was not out. I mean, there was no way I felt safe being out in high school. Yeah, because you didn't come out till college? Yeah, I was, uh, I guess I never really, like, 
You didn't make a huge I didn't announcement. make a huge and I still don't make a huge announcement of yeah. it. So um in some form I guess we're coming out every time we meet someone, right? And uh I put two and two together in high school, but I mean I had things happen in my personal life, like my dad got sick with cancer. Um he then passed away, so I'm the oldest I'm the oldest and I have a younger brother and sister and my mom and I'm like <sighs> Last thing my no, mom needs. The time. Last thing my mom needs is a gay kid, you know. So, but she already knew. Kind of. I mean, I've never had that conversation with her. You I'm haven't? sure. No, I haven't. Um, uh, I'm sure she knew. Um, or had her, or had her inklings. Yeah. Um, I didn't date in high school. I, you know, I wasn't the popular person in high school. I just tried to. I just tried to go to school and stay out of trouble and yeah. and fit in and like I was nice to everyone. I didn't care if you were on the football team or you were the, you know, you were on the debate team. I was nice to yeah. you because I, you know. That's the kind of person I am. Did you participate in anything in high school or just kind of? I uh, um, was in orchestra for all four years. I played I, I played the violin. Awesome. Um, so I was in orchestra and then we had symphonic orchestra. So that's where we combined with the band. And mm-hmm. and then I was actually in, in yearbook for a couple of years. Nice. And I was actually the editor-in-chief of the yearbook my senior year. So I kind of got popular my senior year of high school because everyone yeah. thought, oh, make friends with him. He'll make sure your pictures are all over the yearbook, which was not the case. But, <laughs> um, but no, and uh, so... I really, you know, this year wanted to make sure that, you know, we were we were we were there for everyone and when the parade was done, I'm not you, you know me, I'm the person like hangs in the background, doesn't like to be Yeah, you don't the want to be the center of attention. attention. Yeah. Like it's not about me, it's about everyone else. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and but I I had to ride in the parade this year and I had to like sit in the car and, and the wave. wave. <laughs> you know, you saw the picture and everything. So I did the waves, um, yeah. So when the parade was done, uh, I, I walked through the crowd and was, ch- you know, chatting with people and, you know, it was very surprising to me how many, you know, middle school and high school students came up to me and I didn't, I mean, I don't know them, yeah. um, you know, high five me, hug me, telling them how much, how, how, you know, seen and heard they felt today and how, with everything going on in in the world and the attention on on the LGBT community, um, how they just felt accepted that day, and how they were feeling that you know things will get better. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we had three thousand people at the parade. There weren't three thousand gay and trans no. people down there. It was you know it's a lot of allies, and so. That you know that momentum really built us through the, through the through the season, and we had our our festival in July, and you know, we had about ten thousand people there in twenty nineteen. The last time we met, and we were really hoping let's just get ten thousand people here again. You know that we had fourteen thousand people yeah. this year, and it's nice. the biggest festival we've ever had. And you know, it it's a family friendly event. We. We have, you know, stage entertainment all day. It's free. We don't we don't charge anyone to come to Pride. So you want you know, you want your kids to come down and play in the on the inflatables, get their face painted. All of that is just come and have fun. We take care of that. So Yeah. So once once the parade, you know, once the festival was done, the question was, well now what? You know? Yeah. There there's so much going on right now that we need to have a we need to have a presence in in our community 
throughout the entire year. Yeah. And so we have really changed how we look at things this year. And so we're looking into like our fall programming. We're looking into, you know, winter programming. We're looking into spring programming and being targeted with, you know, with what we with what we offer. So like right now we're we're doing monthly drag shows mm-hmm. with a um a locally owned LGBT restaurant. So we're showing our support to our community. Um, they're fundraisers, so unfortunately, um, you know, they're not free. But, you know, those dollars then that are raised are put right back into the organization, organization to offer pride and offer these other events through uh, throughout the year at, at no cost to the community so anyone can, can show up. Um, we're trying to be more strategic about, you know, our partnerships with the local middle schools and high schools mm-hmm. because there is, you know, a lot of focus on, on them right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's very difficult to, you know, as a, as a gay man who p- attended public schools to, you know, hear people say, well, that book shouldn't be in the school. Or this book shouldn't be in the school. And, you know, everyone, whether you're at school or you're going to your public library, deserves to know that there's material in that library that represents them as their individual, as oh, yeah, an individual. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're starting to, you know, hear a lot of pushback on that. And I always, I jokingly say, well, I went to, High school, I went through public school and never once did I come across an LGBT, LGBT book my entire public school career. Yeah. So if you're afraid that a book is going to turn your child gay or trans, I am the perfect example that it does not. Yeah, it doesn't um, work that way. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, if if you read off, go off my reading material, I should be a CIA operative, conservative white man and a straight man, and I I am only <laughs> I am only white. <laughs> I am only uh, white out of those. Out of, out of those. So we're being very intentional um, in our programming and and reaching out to other organizations there who how we can support with them as as we move forward just want to pause for a second to let you know that we are on all social media platforms you can also go to moderndayoverthinker.com or if you're lazy like me mdoverthinker.com and you can find all the links if you are listening and you enjoy this podcast please leave a review if you're on spotify or apple or any other platform that you're listening on i'd really appreciate it thank you and Back to the episode. We have a a really great um, in Cedar Rapids uh, Tanager place. They have an LGBT youth center, and so we're really getting involved with them and having. Yeah, a so they don't feel alone. Yeah, they have a community. And then, like you know, how can we support them? Like, oh, they want to go. Did you know anime is really big? Yeah. Oh my god, I got some friends that are really into anime. I don't get it personally, but the people that love it are obsessed with it. Uh, And that's what seems to be the thing right now. And so we're trying to figure out ways, how can we partner, uh, you know, on something around anime or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, character drawings, those types of things. Because that's more impactful, you know, to the things that they want to see rather than, oh, let's just show up with some pizza and hang out. Last thing they really want to do is hang out with us, you know. But how can we... How can we show our support through different ways? So we're we're working on on those types of things. Um, We're also trying to be 
better about our our outreach to our minority populations in 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 Cedar Rapids and surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to lie. When you if you go to our website, you're going to see a board that is predominantly white. Yeah. And pretty much privileged. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's been a, a big focus over the last couple of years. I know it's been eye-opening for me. Mm-hmm. I've definitely learned a lot about um, how I approach those uh, situations yeah. and how I need to be a better ally as well there. And so we're really focused on how do we have an impact in those minority populations within our community so that they know we're here and that we support them. Yeah, exactly. So whether it's attending an art festival at a park or, you know, networking a little, networking bit, more. A little bit more, or, you know, we've been invited to speak at neighborhood associations okay showing up and and doing and doing those types of things it's just all about building relationships so would you say that's one of the issues as well as dealing with the let's say the youth adolescents uh teenagers and getting them um more involved and also just so they know that you're there that's been kind of one of your main focuses right now yeah, one one of our main hurdles. Fo- yeah, the hurdles. Uh, just making sure that you know we're rebuilding those relationships uh, pre or post COVID now. Yeah. Um, so that people know that we're still here. Um, we support them. We accept them for who they are. Regardless, because it sounds like you had some momentum going, and then it. Yeah, I know how that goes. That that's what happened in the recovery community as well. Like there was a bunch of people that were really getting really involved, and then all of a sudden COVID hit. People couldn't go to the recovery meetings and. It just, we're just building back right now. Yep. And and I was, you know, we thought this would be a build back year for us as well, but it turned into full on growth mode. Yeah. Like I, I think, I think, I think we're in a little bit of a unique situation where, you know, pe- you know, we've all been shut up in our homes and stuff for two years. And so like, oh, there's a fest- an outdoor yeah, festival. Yeah, something to do. Something to do. Yeah. I'm there. You know, it's free. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm there. And so we were able to, you know, really network this year as well. We made so many connections with people and, and you know, new new partners and new sponsors who are reaching out to us already about, hey, how can we be involved more next year? Or, you know, here are some things that we can do. Um, you know, uh, we have a volunteer who who showed up and he's like, you know, I know I, I know how I, I'm good with a video video a videographer. Yeah. And he's making all of our videos for our sponsorship drive this year. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, those things, you know, while while it's, you know, people think, oh, that's like grunt work. Well, that grunt work is really important for us to be able to continue oh, yeah. to expand our our mission on, on, our, on our mission and our, and our vision statements because as, as we're looking to, uh, you know, next year – we realize that you know Cedar Rapids is the hub of our of the corridor of our area for LGBT people to come and, to our events, but you know not everyone has the socioeconomic ability to travel forty five minutes to come to an event. Yeah, you know. So how how do we get out into um, our surrounding communities to show our support? And to be able to do that, we're going to have to think outside the box and and. And I know that we got a board that's committed to that. So um, I'm really excited about, you know, where we're headed in the future and, and not just being about our little local 
uh, yeah. community uh, of Cedar Rapids. You got to start somewhere, though. I mean, obviously, build build a strong core, a strong base, you know, foundation, if you will. Yeah, and I think we've got that foundation. So now, now you're working on. And I think the next, I think our next goal is to help with the stigmatism of the LGBT community. I think. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about that too, and then also, I mean, especially with the, we've had a conversation about this with like the, you know, with the gender fluid and the days and thems and people not understanding it and, you know us having to learn like over the last few years because that's gotten it's kind of been a, I don't know what to call it it just kind of like the whole gender fluid thing really came about over the last few years and I'm still like trying to understand it and uh, I know you said that you learned, have learned a lot just over the last couple of years and after talking and meeting with people that you know have you know change their pronouns or um, have decided to be gender fluid or um, how have you kind of changed your perspective? I didn't say you were like, cause you were, you didn't understand it cause you didn't know. You don't know what you don't know, but you got to be able to meet people and to be able to uh, understand that a little bit more. And I think a lot of people out there, they're just like, I just don't get it. Like, yeah. And, and I can say that too. Like, I sometimes don't get it myself, right? Uh, but one, it's really not. But I also remember it's not for me to get right fully because it's Correct. not me. Yes, it's not. Me. <laughs> yeah. So like, I always remember, you know, do unto others as you would yeah, do exactly, unto yourself. Exactly. So uh, one thing that you know has been very eye opening for me in in this role is you know the people I've gotten to meet and the conversations I've I've been able to have. You know, I identify as a cisgender uh, gay male. Um, and you know, my lived experience is going to be very different than, you know, you know, uh, I know recently I got to sit down and have a, a long conversation with a transgender, uh, female to male black, um, individual and to get to hear about their coming out story. And I bet that was a lot. And, and, and it was, I mean, especially, you know, living in, in, you know, a little con- conservative part of the state and everything. So, uh, I always tell everyone a lot of layers there, a lot of layers. Yeah. Um, but you know, very educational because, you know, mm-hmm. I, even though I'm part of the community, I consider myself an ally to anyone in the community because each of, of us has such a, a different lived experience. Like, you know, I've had to learn to check my privilege at the door. You know, I, I mean, I you know, just looking at myself internally and like, wow, how much of a privileged life I have led. Yeah. So with, uh, with, uh, you know, any conversation I have, uh, I go into it with open eyes and open arms. And, you know, if I, if I screw up, I want them to tell me that. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm human. I'm going to make mistakes. I, I am constantly learning to strive to do better. And so the one, th- the, the easiest thing anyone can do is be accepting to someone's pronouns. And that is very hard to do sometimes because. You're so used, used to, to saying, saying, you know, we always him. say he, him, she, her. And you have to kind of think, you know, and think about, you know, when you're, 
when you're I'm a doing gra- things. I'm a grammar nerd, so it threw right. me off. That threw me off. Yeah, grammar. That was is, the only thing. Yeah. Otherwise, they and them can kind of throw you off there with the grammar. That's the only thing. But otherwise, I'm like, yeah, go go with what you feel. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. But I'll. I am going to screw this up just when I'm talking because I will automatically just. Or I say you guys a lot. Yep. And that's one thing I'm really focusing like, on. So when I'm, when I am at, even at work, when I'm in meetings I'm, yeah. and, and like I tell people, if you catch me saying you guys, I need you to call me out on yeah. that because I am personally working on not using that phrase anymore because it is a term of isolation. Yeah. And so, and I think we, in, in the it's broad, been so casually said for so long, right? And yeah. I still do it. I'm always going to do it. But I, I hear women say it all. Yeah. The time. Like it's just such a. It's just part of society. It, you know, we're re, we're retraining ourselves. Is what I is what I was what I tell everyone. Yeah, but it's not just you know using pronouns. It's like it's it's bigger than that. So like when we when we're when we're when our elected officials are out there and they get up in front of a cloud uh, in front of a crowd and they say ladies and gentlemen thank you for coming today we've probably isolated I've people in I've been saying folks a lot I say folks I yeah. say friends yeah um I know that I you know when I get up and and speak at an event I you know sometimes I'll you know be fancy and say distinguished guests ooh um that's but classy. I I, I like use that. I use friends and folks a lot or um uh, community members. So it's just, you know, doing those little things. Human beings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you could definitely say yeah, that yeah. too. Um, hello, human. Maybe yeah. I'll do that next time. Yeah. It, it's, it's this, the easiest way that you can, that you can make someone see, feel valued and appreciated is, is include them in the conversation and you set yourself up for success at the beginning when you when you when we work together to 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 help each other include everyone because these people already you know they're already starting out they they feel different they feel disconnected and you know when they hear things like that it's just another reason for them to be like oh well i'm not accepted just a little reason yeah and i think also you know when you know we're part of the community we're here they're here too and and they want to be seen and heard and they want to they want to know feel valued and accepted and the that's the easiest thing we can do is just my biggest advice don't use ladies and gentlemen when you get up to talk to a crowd yeah um our guys and gals um as we as we talked about so you know that's been very eye-opening for me and i think you know sometimes you know even for me um when i have you know, been used to saying she, her for someone, and now they're 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 coming out as non-binary and they're they them. I will admit, I mess up. Oh yeah, everyone is going to mess up on that. But they, if you don't don't make a big deal out of it, just correct yourself and move forward. Yeah, and you're going to be fine. They understand if they, you know, if they have any issues and they feel comfortable, they're going to talk to you about that. And you know, I've mm-hmm. been very intentional especially at work um, with, you know, some of our people who are non-binary is I, you know, outside of meetings and things like that, I, you know, I've reached, I'm like, you know, this is what I'm working on. Do you have any advice? And if, if they want to give that advice, great. If they're like, no, I'm, I'm okay. I I don't push things, but I really, I truly feel that for me to help 
our community is I have to live and breathe um, what I'm, what we're expecting of other people. So, yeah. um, and I think it's also important to know that we're not always going to have the answer. Like I jokingly say, I'm the G and the LGBTQIA everything yeah. alphabet that I'm, you might ask me a question. I'm not going to know the answer. But I'll get back to you. But I'll get back to you. Yeah. And three to and, five business days. No, <laughs> three to, yeah, yeah. Three to five business days. More like five to seven business yeah. days right now. Yeah. Um, with everything going on. Um, but it's, you know, it's been very impactful just from, from that. So like, you know, I've made it an intention. Like when I get up and speak somewhere, hi, my name is Corey. Mm. My pronouns are he, him. And I just start right in on my conversation. I just, I'm trying to live by an ex- by example. So like when I go to the, you know, and it's not any, you know, it's anywhere I go. So if I'm even at a non-LGBTQ function and I'm doing something and I'm like, hi, my name's Corey. My pronouns are he, him. And I just continue on so that other people see that and hear that. And, you know, when I, when I have to put on a name badge, Corey, he, him in parentheses. So people know that. And so people can start get to, to, used to seeing that and and maybe hopefully in time do that themselves yeah that makes sense so from a mental health aspect what kind of uh we'll start with you personally because i like to get into personal stuff too because you said you you told me earlier you're an open book so uh, i am an open book okay so when in high school during that time where you were uh obviously not open open opening out yet uh, what was that time period like? And what were some of the, obviously being in high school is a roller coaster of emotions as it is, but like what types of things did you have to deal with? And obviously you had other things going on, like with your dad getting sick and everything like that. But besides that, like what was going on in your head that you can remember? Obviously that was a little while ago, I can barely remember high school myself, but well, luckily I have a good memory. Yeah. Um, I started, I mean, I didn't know what to call it, mm-hmm. but I want to say back in elementary school, I kind of knew something was off. Okay. Um, I, but I didn't know what that was. Like I had a crush on a girl. Um, you know, I thought girls had cooties and all those things yeah, yeah. in elementary school, but there was always just something a little bit, like I wasn't into playing sports. I was more into drama and theater and and, and doing those types of things. And and then I kind of got into middle school, and I was always the chunky kid. You know, um, I had I had my tonsils out, and my metabolism changed, and I was I was always a pretty you know chunky kid, lean. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and so I would start you know when I would look at the athletic guys, I'm like, God, I wish I looked like that. You know, because yeah. I and but then looking back on it now, it, that was just me masking what was really there. Was like you know, um, and then in high school, um, my freshman year, I was thinking, well, maybe I was bi. You know, and in my head, I was like, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm bi because I definitely find women attractive, but yeah. I'm also attractive to men, and mm-hmm. so I was putting those things together, and you know, I I I found other reasons to focus on other things. Like I always put school first. 
uh, okay, yeah, yeah, my, you know, put it on the back burner. Put it on the back burner. You know, don't focus on that. That'll just figure itself out. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll go away. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, my freshman year was was good. You know, and then my dad during my the end of my freshman year, my dad was when my dad got sick, and my dad died during my my sophomore year of high school. And then it was instantly okay. I got to focus on school. I've got to help my mom with my brother and sister. And so I didn't it was way, think. Yeah, it was way tucked away. Yeah, way tucked away. And yeah. I mean, I I never felt like I had to hide myself, but I also never felt like um, I I wasn't comfortable in my own skin yet. And yeah. you have to be comfortable in your own skin before you, you know, you basically come out. And so I spent high school like – my senior year of, of high school, I'm not going to say his name um, because we still talk occasionally. I had a huge crush on someone. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe they were as gay as well. Yeah. Or, you know, and I was getting up the nerve to talk to them, you know, just talk to them, not even yeah, anything nothing, like that. Yeah. And another kid at high school got outed and every day it, he was just bullied. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely not. Well, yeah. yeah. Done. You know, so I, you know, I graduated high school and I went off to college and I'm like, okay, college is whole different world, whole different world. I mean, I went to UNI, so um, I picked my college like uh, I was too close to home. I'll be home all the time. Iowa State's a little bit too far. I'll go get a business degree from UNI. And yeah. I loved my four years at UNI. I, I've made life made lifelong friends yeah. um, at UNI. I didn't spend the whole four years there, but I like. I like Cedar Falls a lot. Yeah, Cedar Falls is a great area. Go Panthers. Um, and, you know, I was able to have the opportunity to get involved with some student organizations. And 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 I really didn't focus on my sexuality. I never had a boyfriend. I, I, I never dated girls in college. I just, I just didn't deal with it. And I just, I don't know. I just always felt that... It would just go away. I was going through a phase, yeah, okay. and, and so you were just basically right. You were just basically asexual at this time. Yeah, I lived. I lived myself in a box, and I would not let myself outside of the box that I had. Um, you know, everything I, else was just right. If you were in the box, you're good. If you're outside the box, we're not going there. And don't yeah. t- don't. I'm not going to sit here and say that I didn't go outside of the box on occasion, but it was very, very scary. Like yeah. my, my first sexual um, uh, encounter was in college and it was not good. Uh, and so that put me right back in the box yeah. very quickly. And so, you know, as, as college was ending and, you know, this is the early 2000s, um, I just kind of figured, you know what? I'm good with with how my life is. I don't need anybody. Uh, my mom yeah. loves me. My brother loves me. My sister loves me. I have a great group of friends. I can just go on and 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 live within this box and be fine. And I was able to do that for about a year. And it finally just, it was eating me. And so I took a risk and I heard about a pride festival in Cedar Rapids at Green Square Park. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go down to this. And I got there and I'm like, I'm shaking. I'm like, what are you doing here? What in the hell are you doing here? Yeah. You know? And so I, 
I, this is I, out of the box. Out of, this is definitely outside the box I had set for myself. Yeah. And I didn't like, you know, I lived at home at the time still because what college doesn't, does, what college student doesn't finish school and then just move home, right? Usually. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, so I didn't even tell my mom or my brother or my sister where I was going. I'm just like, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm an adult too. They don't need to know where I'm going. But exactly. I didn't tell anyone. And I, and I was very afraid of getting down there and someone seeing, seeing me that you, I yeah, knew. Yeah, yeah. And so, but, I, but you're there too. <laughs> yeah, I'm there too, right? Yeah. And uh, so I got there, and I, I open the door to the car. I shut it. I open it. I shut it. I, I open it again. I get out of the car. I get back in the car. And so finally, I just said, "Well, I'll just go sit on this ledge here because it's it's just on the corner. It's not part of the festival. I have a, like I can make a, a, a legitimate excuse of why I'm just sitting here." And so, (laughs) yeah, right. Those are the things that are thinking in my head, you know, because I mean, you know, also I grew up in the age of um, Matthew Shepard. And so I, you know, that was when I was in high school. And so that was another reason also was like, I was like, oh, my mom's already lost my dad. You know, I never thought about it if you came out that someone might kill you for being who you are, you know. Yeah. So I think, you know, there was that fear as well. And so I'm sitting here on this edge and there's these two guys walk by and they're holding hands. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here, yeah. you know? And they stopped and talked to me and they and I I don't remember their names. Yeah. But they let me walk around with them that day. And for the first time in my like life, I admitted to myself that I was gay. Mm-hmm. Like I always thought, well, no, no, you're not, you yeah. know. But that day, I was like, yep, I'm gay, and I'm like, great. Now what do I do? Yeah. And so when I left that day, and it was a good day. It was the first time I had truly accepted myself for who I am. Yeah. And stop hiding from stop that. Stop hiding from that. And, you know, you start dealing with it. And when I, those two men who I never got their name, I never saw them again, mm-hmm. had a meaningful impact on my life. Mm-hmm. And so when I left that day, I promised that to myself that I would be that for someone someday. I yeah. wasn't at a point where I could just, oh, hey, come on, let's go down to Pride, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but eventually. But eventually. And so that's why I've gotten so involved now. But after after that day, I went home, and the first person I run into was my grandma. She's at the house, and she's like, you're all smiles. And she's uh, like, and she I'm wanted like, to know she why. She wanted to know why. She's like, oh, did you meet someone today? And I'm like, no, grandma, I just had a, you know, I had a really good day, you know? And, and I'm like, I, I was at that point, I'm like, well, now what do I do? I've accepted this as who I am. Yeah. And like, I didn't, I never feared having to tell my mom, my brother, or my sister. I knew I had a, my immediate family was accepting. Yes. And so it was never, mm-hmm. It was worried about them. Never worried about them, and uh, and they Which have been awesome. great my in, entire life. In fact, I feel bad for my brother and sister because they've had to ask in relationships, "Are you okay with with homosexuality?" You know, because they have a gay brother, and so those are conversations that they've had to have, and I always feel bad about that. Um, but you know, times are what they are, and yeah, I feel like we're getting away from that slowly. 
people. I, yeah, we're we're slowly getting away from there, but you know, it's it's just weird, you know, that, yeah. like you know. When I have would have those conversations with my brother and sister, like, well, well, yeah, we're we're dating, and they're, you know, I'm like, well, I'm happy for you, and like, well, yeah, and and then my brother did say one time, I was like, well, well, we have to ask, you know, we're not going to date anyone who's not going to accept our brother, yeah, and I'm like, well, I appreciate that, but in, in, at the same time, it just like makes you feel like, well, you spend so much time, you know, on you, how it, you know, also impacts those who are around you, who who support you, and so I. And very lucky. I I made the decision very quickly then, right after that, to you know I told my brother I I told my brother and my sister. Um, they were not the first people I told. Um, my best friend, um, uh, her name is Betty, um, and she was like my second mom. And we went out to dinner one night, and she noticed a change in me as well. And she said what's up with you? You just have like this whole different demeanor to you. And I, and I said, well, I've been doing some soul searching lately. There you go. And good way and, to put it. And it's just, it's just, I've, you know, I've come to realize some things and things have fallen into place. And I just said, I'm gay. And she's, she's the first person I ever uttered those two words to. And she just said, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, and she gave me a big hug, and she and she said, "We're cool." And I'm like, you know, and to this yeah. day, you know, that's you know, I'm just like very appreciative of that. And so it made it much easier for me because then I quickly then after that, and like, you know, I can't not say anything. So I did tell my, you know, my mom, my brother, and my sister. And once again, there, it went exactly how I thought it would, yeah. and there were no issues. And but then it starts to like. Okay, I've told the people I want to tell. I'm not ready to, you know, I've opened up the box a little bit, not but I'm like, not ready to go full blown block, you know, get rid of this box. Yeah. And so, like, I never, you know, no one at work knew. Um, I I had a lot of, um, and to this day, you you know, I I deal with. Um, um, uh, I forget the word that I'm trying to say here, but you know the way I look. Body dysmorphia. Uh, yeah, but I, you know, I, I was. I, I was, was going to ask you about that too because we've yeah, talked about yeah, that before. And uh, you know, I was, you know, I was big, and then I was, you know, I was like, well, I'm a fat kid. No one or fat guy. No one's going to want to date a fat guy. So, or you know, I wouldn't look at myself. And I would just eat more food and make myself, you know. But and and I, and I I've I've dealt with that over the years, and I'm in a better place now. Um and. So at some point I knew I was going to have to open up to my extended family mm-hmm. and I didn't know how that would go. I I definitely know that I have family members that aren't comfortable with my sexuality. Yeah. And that is perfectly fine. I just choose not to um, associate myself with them as much as yeah. I can, you know? And but for the most part, I've been very lucky with my family. You yeah. know, um, I just randomly showed up with a boyfriend one day, and that's how most of them found out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just never said the word. Yeah, there you go. You know, and uh, you know, it, the support was there. Um, my grandma, uh, I worried about telling her, but she was, you know, very accepting to it, and. Um, that meant the world to me. So yeah, that's great. And and for the most part, I've been able to just go about being Corey. 
Mm-hmm. And I definitely like when I when I meet people, I don't like, hi, I'm Corey, I'm gay. You know? Yeah. I, I want I want people to see the whole Corey. Yeah. And, you know, my sexuality. Like, is, oh, this is gay Corey. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Although my brother says I do know how to turn on the gay, the gay uh, at certain points. <laughs> so he says, the, uh, he's one time we were. Got we a were, gay switch. Yeah, I must have a gay switch. We were, we were, we were eating dinner somewhere and our, our waiter was obviously part of my community. Yeah. And after dinner, my brother's like, who was that? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you were totally different back there. And he said, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, I'm so, I, you know, I said, I was just being myself because, uh, you know, it is, I go, it is what it is. And so yeah. my, like, you know, I still feel like sometimes I compartmentalize myself depending on the situation, the, the situation and the surroundings that I am in. But one thing I'm trying to be, you know, more conscious of is now that I've, uh, you know, I've accepted who I am and I'm completely out is being more authentic and not hiding. Like, yeah, even though like we were, we work together and, uh, and you know, I was out and everyone knew I'm gay. I really wouldn't talk about my personal life at work uh, or I wouldn't talk about, you know, those types of issues that, you know, pertain to my community. Cause it's just like something, oh, you know, don't do that at work. Yeah. But, you know, I've become more, you know, conscious of that. I'm like, no, people, you know, uh, I, you know, they always say uh, at work, I, I have to give new hires advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say, you know, we're all unique individuals and to lean into your uniqueness because uh, that makes that's that's where that's where you find your strength. So I've been much more deliberate. You've probably seen it in meetings um, of leaning into my uniqueness. And one of my uniquenesses is that I'm gay. Yeah, and I have a different lived experience, and and that's okay. And so I don't have to keep that in a box. It can just be part of who I am. And if someone has a question, and you know, you've reached out, and other people have reached out and asked questions, I, I'm I'm happy to answer those questions. Yeah, and uh, one thing I had when you were talking about the story about being at dinner, and then like you turning in, you turning the gay switch on, or whatever you want to call it, and talking to that guy, um, it's. I understand where you're, what you're talking about because you two share something that you and like your brother, for example, don't share that same connection or don't understand that. So you have kind of have a, it's kind of like a different language. I mean, you obviously speak English, but it's like you have a different, you have a shared experience that not a lot, not a lot of other people have or at least the people that you were at dinner right. with at the time. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And so, you know, so it's, it's very, it's very funny because, and I love my brother to death. My brother is the kindest person you could, you could ever meet. But, you know, sometimes he'll like, so, you know, when he, he lives out, out West, so we'll go out and visit him and it'll be, so we're going to dinner, uh, which Corey is coming tonight. You know? <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's those things that, you know, I can joke around, yeah. we can joke around with it. Um, and, but I also like, I recognize that I, I'm one of the lucky ones. I wasn't thrown out of my house. I wasn't caught, cut off from my family. And I definitely have friends who have lived those experiences. I, I have a friend who, um, came out and had to sleep on my couch for a while because I had nowhere to go. And so I'm very aware of that. And so... 
however I can help them, um, I, I want to be there for them. So I, I always let everyone know that you can call me. I prefer that you text me. I'm not much of a phone call person anymore. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. if it. you need something from me and you're not in a, in a safe situation, I'm here for you. Yeah, I kind of keep that door open for people like, because I am part of a fellowship community of you know people in recovery from addiction, and it's kind of like the same thing. We we kind of speak a language that not a lot of people under not everybody understand. We call them we call other people normies, <laughs> and uh, so we yeah so we kind of have that um, camaraderie, if you will, and yeah, it's good to keep that let people know that they have somebody to talk to yeah if people call me or yeah i prefer text too but yeah some people do call me and then sometimes i'll be like i'll you know i'll be too busy to take the call but i'll at least you know try i'll like at least try to take the time to text them back or let them know hey i'll call you later or when i have more time because i know like certain people call me like i'm gonna be on the phone for a little while <laughs> yep yep i know that yeah, yeah yeah we all have a couple of those people and, you know, they're great to talk to or just listen because they like to talk a lot. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good to be that that person and to let people know that you can be that safe person to talk to about stuff and not be judgmental and not. Yeah, because I've had people tell me stuff that I didn't necessarily want to hear. I've, I've been in that situation, too. <laughs> but and... at the same time, I'm just like. You know, I feel, um, I don't know what the word for it is, but you feel like, um, like special in a way because you know that that person trusted you enough to tell you that. Yep. And I also, you know, that's one thing that I really, you know, focus on is not so much being like a role, like you're kind of like a role model, like, um, you know, you've been through what they're going through and like, you know, my friend group, you know, is great, but they're they're mainly straight, right? They don't always get what I need to talk about. And so Yeah. So I definitely am fortunate enough that, you know, other people in that community, that's why they call me. I you know, we have a shared experience. Exactly. I get what you're going through. And if it's something really serious, because you know, you know, there's such a, f- a focus on mental health right now, but, you know, substance abuse rates, mental illness is really, really bad right now, really bad across the board, but it's even impacting the LGBTQ community even, even more oh, yeah. uh, than, than normal. And if I hear something from someone, I know the resources that are out there to get them the help that they need, because you can tell me something, but I'm not... I'm not a professional. Exactly, yeah. I am happy to listen, mm-hmm. but I am always upfront and direct. If you tell me something like, you know, uh, you know, a couple months ago, I felt like someone who reached out to me who I didn't know very well. But, like, you know, they, they reached out to us through our Facebook and and I genuinely felt that there was a potential they would harm themselves. Yeah. And yeah. so getting them in to you know, places that would be able to help professional them, help. professional help. And, you know, that is where I want to have the most impact is 
is knowing that if you come to me, I, I, I'm blunt. I tell you how it is. I'm not yeah. going to sugarcoat anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're coming to me because you want woe is me, I am not the person you yeah. come to. Yeah. I am happy to listen to you. I'm going to give you some advice. Whether you choose to take that advice or is exactly. up to you, but yeah. I am not just going to say everything is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to help that person get get the help that they need. And, you know, they're in a much better place today. It's it's a journey and it's going to take them a while oh, to yeah. get there. But them reaching out to me was their first step in asking for You were help. a link in the chain. I was a, Exactly. I was a link in the chain. And so now they're on that road. And if I can do that for someone else or, you know, if someone needs a couch to sleep on for a night, I am happy to be that person because – Every person deserves to be accepted and loved for who they are. And I always tell everyone, sometimes you choose your family. Your family doesn't choose you. That happens. And and if you can come to terms with that, you're a strong person. Yeah, I realize how lucky I am when it comes to my family. It's ridiculous, like, meeting other people and, like, they're hearing about their upbringing and their family life. I'm like, I didn't have to experience any of that. Oh, I mean, I, you know, and, and I get that my, my, my gr- upbringing is a little bit different because, you know, most people do have both their parents uh, throughout, their, throughout their childhood. But, you know, I, I realized how good I had it. You know, I had two parents that loved me. Yeah, I you mean, had a dad that was there when he, when he was there, he was there. Yeah, he was there. He was my bat. I, I, I did play baseball and basketball for a couple of years. I was not good, um, but like he helped, uh, you know, coach those. My you're was, still a big. You're a big sports guy, though. I am you're, a big. I'm a big you're sports guy. Way bigger on sports than I am, and um, for being a theater person, it's it's kind of it's weird, like that. You're on both sides. You're on the you're on the sports side and also on the theater side like yeah. normally it's one or the other yeah i think a lot of people think that you know just being gay i don't i like oh, sport, yeah. you know sports ball what's that <laughs> i know no, I, you I'm, know more than i do i'm a very big i'm very big into sports i'm very big into theater and uh um you can have both in your life oh there's yeah room, there's room for everything so you just gotta find the time for everything right um but you know i know that I, as my life, was my choosing. Like, I get asked a lot, well, why didn't you come out sooner, you know? And I'm like, I wasn't ready. Exactly. You should never, like, the worst thing that can ever happen to anyone For is to somebody. be outed, you know? And I have heard horror, horror stories, stories yeah, about that. Yeah. And so that's why I stayed in the box because if I stayed in that box, there was no way. Safe space. This is my little safe space right. that you created. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I just know that, you know, how, you know, looking back at my life, you know, I came out when I was 20, 24. So I, I had, I was, it was after college. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people are like, well, what, what, how would it, could, would it have been different? And I'm like, well, I don't know that anything would have changed. It just would have, you know, I, you know, I didn't hide. I was just myself. I focused on other things. I, yeah. you know, I, and I, I, sometimes I still say this to the day, you know, I focus on myself and others first. I never like 
people are like, well, don't you want to get married? Don't you want to have kids? Uh, no, I do not want to have kids. Um, but, you know. <laughs> hard no on that. Hard no. Hard no. Sorry, mom. No grandchildren from this one. Yeah. Um, that's your sister's for. Exactly. And uh, I've given thought to it lately. Like, you know, I focus so much on everything else that, mm-hmm. you know, if I truly want a relationship, my my last relationship was not a good situation yeah. at the end. Scarred you a little bit. Uh, d- yeah, put, I put up a lot of fences and here yeah. we are. And, and I'm like, well, do I want to even try again? Yeah. And I, I think I do, but I don't even know how to start. <laughs> you know, I've had some really bad dates this last couple of months. So dating, I just... Dating game on... I, I don't I don't need, think it matters if you're gay, gay or yeah, straight. It's, 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 it's weird out there. So I just, you know... If it happens, it happens. And, you know, I have to, I can control the things I can control. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm in a good place right now. Like, I, I, I really. Sounds like you have a good routine built in. I have a, <laughs> <laughs> you mean that I run 15 miles every morning? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and that's part of it going back to my, uh, my, you know, I didn't, I don't ever say that I had a dec- an eating disorder, but. When I finally decided that I needed to lose weight, I started eating better, but I, I ate at this time. I ate at this time. I didn't eat this. And Are you still doing the salad for lunch every day? I still have a salad for lunch every day. A dry so, salad. That dry, I don't like salad dressing. I don't. Ugh, it's just gross. So I have, a, I have a salad and a cup of fruit for lunch That was lunch one of the first day. things where I was like, this guy, like I, I uh, we had, I don't, I don't even remember how it came up. I, I'm probably, I'm probably made, I probably made a joke about it. I'm sure, but I was just like, how the hell do you eat that every single day? And you're like, I've been doing this for like five years. Yeah, I have a salad. I have salad and fruit for lunch every day, but I do miss that macaroni and cheese. From where was oh, that was, from? I don't remember the name of the place, but that oh, mac yeah. and cheese that they bring in from that barbecue joint. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. That bacon in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so Jethro's, I think it was. Maybe, yeah, you're right, Jethro's. Yeah. So I, I'm very conscious. Uh, like I don't deprive myself if I want. If I want something, I'm going to eat it. But I don't do that every day. Yeah, and it, it's okay. And but you don't beat yourself up over right. it, right? And you that's know, important. Yeah. I don't beat myself up over it. I am hard on myself. I used to be the person who would weigh themselves every single day, mm-hmm. and I would be like, "Oh my god, I weigh a half a pound more than I did yesterday. What did I do?" Yeah. And so I've gotten Got away from that. We're really obsessive about it, and so I got to the point where I weigh myself the last Sunday of the month, and if I'm in this range. I'm good. Yeah. And I have to range, yeah, yeah. I have to accept that. I have to accept that. And but you know, one thing for for my mental health during during the the pandemic is I started running. Mm-hmm. And that's my that's my my me time just plug in my plug in my headset to my ears and uh sorry, pop in my earbuds. I don't plug them into your ear. Yeah. Uh pop them in and and go for a run and set my day up. Are you a music guy? Are you a podcast guy? It audiobooks? It depends on the day. Yeah, I switch um, it up. I do listen to uh, a lot of Deck Shepherd podcasts when Ooh, I'm running. Armchair expert. Armchair I'm I'm a cherry. 
Oh uh, man. So my friend Katie will listen to this and she'll appreciate that. She listens to every episode. She, so yeah. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of, of, of his, just his ability to sit back and, and have a conversation and talk about anything. Oh yeah. Um, and I like that they're usually an hour and a half long so I can just listen to that when exactly. it comes out and, and, and I'd have to worry about that. And I, I'm also good now at knowing when I need to step away from work. So Mm-hmm. Like if, if it's been a nutty day, I know that it's okay to step away and go for a quick two mile run and come back and, and work. And that's the only way you're going to be able to continue to, to have the impact that I want to have, um, at work. And then also, you know, outside of like finding the boundaries of work. So like we work from home, mm-hmm. I leave that office for the day, that door shuts. I do not go back in there. Yeah, that's my slippery slope. If I go in there, oh, my computer's right there. I'll check my email real quick, and so I have yeah. those boundaries now. And I'm also starting to do that with with pride as well. I usually close the laptop, and then that that means done. No, that does nothing still, for me because I still use the room for other things. Well, sometimes. Colin, I have email on my phone, and I have Teams on my phone. I have Teams on my phone, but I do not have my email on my phone. And I have it's my, not going on there. I have my email on my phone. So I'm not crossing that line. Uh, but you know, I've set those boundaries so that you know I can spend the time to do the things that that bring me joy as well. Whether it be running, whether it be you know walking with my mom and my sister, whether we're having a bonfire, mm-hmm. taking time to read. I have a goal to read thirty six books this year. Yeah, through twenty nine. So you know, I I I found the ways to be content and and be able to not. So focus so much on what I'm eating, how many calories I'm taking each day, and 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 enjoy life. And for the first time in a long time, I feel as I'm a, I feel whole, mm-hmm. and I feel good about where I am right now. I feel good about my involvement and pride and where we're going and the things that we're going that we're doing for our community. And I just look I just look ahead and like there's so much opportunity out there. If we can just come together as a community, as a country, and accept people for who they are, yeah, and 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 move forward, that you know the generation that's coming up now is gonna, you know, my sister says, Corey, you won't believe, like, you know, when I'm in high school, hold hands with a guy, that would you know, that would get you slammed into a locker. Oh yeah. Um, now it's just a, it's just normal, you know, and it, it's it's good to hear those things and. Yeah. It's good to know that we're moving in the right in the right direction, but there's a lot of forwardness that we still have to do. And oh, yeah. I think what I bring to the table is keep up with the momentum. Momentum, and also not just that, but my goal is like you know I'm I'm in no shape or form hide the fact that I am very worried about the Supreme Court. And the fact that, you know, one of them said marriage quality, eh, we might need to re- relook at that. So I am I am no under no illusion that my right to marry may be on the ballot someday in Iowa. And so... Which is weird because we were first. We're like one of the first. Third. We were third. third. Okay. We were I, know third. We were, I knew we were in the top So we're, we're protected yeah. right now, but we have a new state Supreme Court now. And, you know, they're more, it's unfortunately more conservative. So they could totally rule a different way than they did in 2009. And so I hope that, you know, when I come into contact with people and if, it's, if, there, if there's ever something on a ballot that says should – two people of the same sex be able to marry and it says yes or no, 
I want someone to think, oh, I met Corey. He was a very nice person. And yes, I have no problem with Corey being able to marry whoever he wants to marry. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not stupid that I, I have to think like that. And I was, for a while there, I didn't think I'd have to think like that anymore. And, and yeah. I have to now. And all, all I can do is show people that me and my community are normal human beings going through the yeah. same problems that your family face each day, the cost of living, getting to and from work, student loans, finding a job, healthcare costs, all those things that a straight person is focusing on, your friends in the LGBT community are focused on as well. We could do a whole podcast about healthcare costs. We could, we probably could. <laughs> Maybe two or three. Holy shit. Oh my God. I had no idea how big of a, because I didn't have to know. It was one of those things, you know, I was just ignorant. I, didn't, I was 27 when I started at, I won't say the name of our company, but uh, I don't say like to say that on a podcast, but I was 27 when I started getting into benefits and benefits administration and I had, I was 28. So I was just recently off my parents' like health insurance. I didn't know anything about how messed up the system is. Oh yeah, right? From top to bottom. The whole thing is just... A complete scam. Well, a couple weeks ago, the perfect example, you know, I got into poison ivy. I knew I had poison ivy. I called my doctor. My doctor's like, I can't get you in today. You're going to have to go to urgent care. And I'm like, do I even have to be seen? I said, I know it's, I had poison ivy last summer. I know what it is. I just need the prednisone. Yeah, just hook a brother up. Right? Yeah. So I went to... I went to urgent care and I got great service. I want to preface that the doctor and the nurse and the check-in person were wonderful. That's good. From the moment I walked in the door to the moment I walked out was 21 minutes. I saw a nurse for four minutes, the doctor for three minutes, and I was charged $130 for that visit. Insane. Insane, right? (laughs) Yeah. So all for, I'm like, well. You know doctors are timed too, right? I did not know that. Uh, depends on the facility, but they're only allowed a certain amount of time with the, every patient. Oh, well, it's hopefully... very business mindset. Wow. But I'm, yeah, we could do a whole other podcast, yeah. but that just, that just floored my mind because I was thinking like, you know, I was in, I'm in a situation where I could afford that expense, but yeah. what other people aren't in $120 so I can get a $3 prescription to clear up some poison ivy. It just it just sat with me for several freaking days. Like, yeah, I just spent one hundred and twenty dollars for seven minutes of service. It's so dumb. So, it's just, yeah, it's not healthcare. It's health business now. Yep, I agree with that. But uh, yeah, we could do a whole other thing about that. But uh, what time? What time we got? We do, we're doing good on time. But uh, and they can't kick me out of here because there's no one here to kick me out uh caleb basically said you can go as long as you want because there's nobody <laughs> well i'll keep talking until you tell me to shut up so well we'll go we'll go a little bit longer because i don't like 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 the armchair expert show i don't like to go too long either because you know people don't want to listen to like a really long lengthy episode you know i must be abnormal then i like the long ones some people do but 
it depends on my audience right now uh age range uh from what i've been looking at and i'm right i'm almost at 50 50 male female i'm just a little bit under on female so i'm like 52 48 which is pretty good and most of my audience is age range i have you know some that are on younger and some that are older but most of them are around my age 25 to 34 so right in that pocket and i know m- myself personally i don't like to listen to that long of a podcast and if i do i listen to it in sections yes that's what i do yeah i love them because i can just pick up right where i left off exactly especially when you drive across country the longer the podcast the better well those are yeah they're perfect for that um and when i was commuting perfect for that uh yeah, I was listening to a lot of podcasts. I was, I was I got back into listening to full albums because I'd never mm-hmm. had the time to sit through one album all the way through, um, which was always which was nice. So I miss some things about commuting, but you know, for the most part, I don't miss. Let me just at all. say today, um, I left home to get down here in time, and uh, I drove the old route. Like I literally got on the interstate and I drove back by our work location because, uh, you know, right off the interstate and the whole way down, I was like, I did this for three years. I must have been insane to deal with this traffic to, and, and, and do all this. And like life has completely changed. Like I would never do that again. Whenever, when there was even like talks about possibly going back to the office, I'm like, they're going to have to drag me back. (laughs) <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> I remember I remember when we went, when they told us we were going to go work from home because what I thought they would do is they would send every other department home and then they would just spread us out so that mm-hmm. we never came in contact with anyone. Yeah. But they're like, oh, no, we're, we're going to send. Which they could easily have done. Yeah, they easily could have done that. So I, I give our CEO credit for that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, he genuinely cares. Yeah. And so um, uh, when we were – you know, the, that jokingly, you know, when that happened, we were all, oh, we'll see you in two weeks. You know, we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, it's not the spread two weeks. Yeah, two weeks became a month. It became three months. It became six months. And then it was a year. Before and, a year, though, they were just like, we're just going to. Yeah. And then, I think it was not even a year where they were like, we're going full remote. Yeah, but at the you're right. Because at the end of at the end of 2020, I started thinking, oh, my God. I'm going to go back to work. I'm actually going to have to get back in a car and drive 35 minutes each way to work. I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then in February, they said, no, we're staying home. If you want to work in an office, great. You can work in an office. If you want to work at home, great. You can work at home. And I am very happy Yeah. Uh, um, at, at home. And I find myself um, much more connected to everyone than when we were in an office, which I find, you know, I don't know if you've had that experience. But. With, you get more, you get a different interaction with your position now because your position is different, a lot different than mine. So, because you're training and you're meeting a lot more new people than I am. True, but you also get to deal with clients a little bit. So, I'm, so yeah, it's a little different. So, I'm starting to deal with clients more, yeah. So, I just like, you know, when we were in the office, I got I got to know you and, and our crew really well, but we had I had a didn't small kn- crew. We had a we had a we had a, we had a kick ass crew. Yeah, so. we had a cool crew. We're still all there too. Yeah. The, 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 and we're still yeah. The core group <laughs> the is still core, yeah. The core is still there. Yeah. Um and and I've just gotten to know so much more about other 
leaders in our department. And, yeah. And, and that has been the one, like, one sh- sliver of good from COVID is the connection that that I have been yeah, able to make. Yeah, because we all have to hop on Teams meetings yeah. with people from across the country. And, yeah, like, I didn't get to know... Uh, I'm sure he doesn't care that I say his name. Say Benny's name on the podcast. He doesn't give a <laughs> shit. But yeah, gotten to know Benny and hearing his dog snore and you yeah, know, and so I, I and just him think, just cracking jokes all the time. Right. I think that's really helped our 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 team. Uh, you know, and the things that we're trying to do to be as ex- successful as we have been is like you know, I truly you know, I truly feel like I could go somewhere else. I know I could go somewhere else, but. I genuinely like what I do. I like the people I work with. Yeah. And I like the forward thinking and the inclusivity and, and, and the focus on those things that, you know, I'm happy where I am for now. I'm going to be happy there forever. Who knows? But yeah. who, who can protect the, fi- the future? But I think, you know, if they were telling me, oh, no, you got to commute. You got to go. We have to go back to the office. I wouldn't be there anymore right now. I would have found something else. Yeah. Because a lot of there, there's there's other remote opportunities out there now. That and or at home where I just have to drive five minutes to work instead of thirty five minutes. I don't know. I I I don't know how you did that drive because I drove it today from the <laughs> office to here, and I'm like, he did this every, every day. single day there and back. Yeah. Oh my god, I spent so much time in the car. My my Civic put went. We went through a lot. You did. <laughs> I remember some of the stories. So and the deer, yeah, remember yeah, the deer. I remember the deer. The deer hitting me. I did not hit the deer. The deer ran into you. Oh my god, they're beautiful creatures. Very dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, I appreciate you being on, man, and uh, and making the trip. Uh, it was good. It was good catching up with you. We need to get the whole Iowa City team back together. We do. That's why you need to come our way and do some 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 stand up and we will all definitely be there. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh yeah, Vay's been bothering me about it too. Um it's like, yeah, you need to come up to Iowa City. I'm like, yeah, I know. And I should just say that I did drive this today and it's an hour and twenty minutes to get here. It's not that bad. Yeah. We can always and, carpool down here too. But no, we definitely No, I've been wanting to get to Iowa City and Cedar Rapids. Uh it just during the week, you know. Yeah, I know how it is. You work all day and then you're done. <laughs> I'm just like, I'll go to an open mic here because it's close. Yeah. I was even going to Dubuque, uh, but it was convenient because it was on Thursdays. And then they switched it to Wednesdays and I work late on Wednesdays. So I'm like, ah, I might go to it for the first time in a long time this week because I'll be off. But I've heard it's been dead because they changed it from Thursday to Wednesday. And- uh, no, let me know when you're around and... This is this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. So thank you for for inviting me to to come on and and chat. And uh, this has been this has been a lot of fun. It's always good to see you and get to hang out and and catch up and and talk about my experiences and and uh, yeah, I think people will really appreciate hearing this. And um, anyone that's out there that's you know suffering in silence, um, there are people out there to reach out to, and that's what you need to know. I mean, one last thing I want to say, um, and I know we're running over, but no, we're good. Um, if someone talks to you about their sexuality and comes out to you, that means they feel that you are a safe person. Yeah. And the way you react to that will set up 
how they tell other people. Mm-hmm. You, if you, you know, are not expecting that conversation, try and be gracious and understanding and accepting as much as you can, mm-hmm. because they feel safe telling you that. Yeah, if course. it is a negative situation, you're putting them right back in that box, and and it just cannot be a good situation because I've had I've run into that. So I I wanted to mention that earlier and I forgot, and that's the last that's the last thing I'll say, so that we can we can wrap up. But this has been a lot of fun. It's been great getting to spend the evening with you. Yeah, I agree, man. Recording stop. <laughs>